Welcome to another edition of Potential Picks. This is our final pick of 2020. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Sokol. Today, we're reviewing the new DC comic movie, Wonder Woman 1984. This is the follow-up to the 2017 movie of Wonder Woman. Screenplay by Patty Jenkins, Jeff Johns, and Dave Callahan. And of course, returning to direct is Patty Jenkins. Before we continue on this review, we do have to say, spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Yep, there it is. There it was. Uh, if you've not actually seen the movie, don't listen to this review, because we're going to be talking about some major plot points, and we don't want to spoil it for you. So go ahead and check it out. It is in theaters now, and also on HBO Max. Taylor, Wonder Woman, the movie in 2017, was pretty sensational. I think a lot of people were... Excited to see a brand new take on this heroine and to see what they could bring to the screen, especially knowing that we were getting this formation of more of a Justice League coming up. You know, DC obviously was trying to heavily copy the success of Marvel. What was um, your anticipation a little bit for this upcoming sequel of One Woman? Well, like you said, Chris, there was so much riding um, on what Warner Brothers and DC Comics was trying to create. I think, first of all, Wonder Woman blew my expectations of the water. didn't know what to expect. Again, my experience with Wonder Woman was Linda Carter and the, the TV show mm -hmm. uh, back when I was younger. So there wasn't uh, much of to go on. And then we had a little bit of her and, of course, uh, Dawn of Justice. And then, you know, Justice League coming out. But I was really pumped about this one before that came. So... I had high expectations going into this. First of all, the trailers. Once the trailer hit, I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. First of all, you know, where was Wonder Woman going to go? What decade? Because she's pretty much, um, you know, semi-immortal where she can live a very long life. So you can really put her at any time. And as you've seen that uh, she was set in the backdrop of World War One. This I was very pumped about because once the trailer hit, I was like, yes, we're going to have this 80s feel. I'm a huge fan of that type of movie. There seems to be even more action. We're getting a lot of familiar faces back. Chris Pine looks like he's back. And, of course, I'm excited because we have Pedro Pascal. And I was very intrigued about Kristen Wiig because I wasn't sure how this was going to go down with her being more of a comedic actor uh, than playing the title role, uh, the role of Cheetah. So, yeah, right away I was pretty pumped up. High expectations, and I try to temper that, but it was kind of hard not to uh, with what was upcoming. How about you? Uh, yeah, very much the same, especially knowing that uh, Wonder Woman's really like the only main female uh, centerpiece hero that the DC universe has. They've kind of uh, changed it a little bit this year, trying to make Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn more of like an anti-hero, kind of how Marvel did with Venom in a way. So they're, they're kind of trying to add that female influence, but especially with the main cast of Justice League, Gal Gadot is like the only female of that group. And so there was a lot of pressure already on that casting in that movie. Wonder Woman definitely hit it out of the park. It was a great time. I love the visuals. I love the acting. I love the action. So yes, I had a lot of expectations for this film. Uh, they definitely were taking a little bit of a copycat vibe from Ragnarok. Because, again, this kind of 80s humor with all the music and the fashion and some of the jokes. So I was like, all right, they're trying to take a little more 
maybe of a comedy route and yeah, a little bit more not taking itself seriously. Cause again, mm-hmm. with, with the Thor films, I mean, you already had a character that's established a third sequel. That's hard to top little in a second. So second one, here we go. And this is the only, I mean, minus birds of prey, which I did not see earlier this year because of this year being so, you know, sad for movies. And this is kind of the Guinea pig with HBO max having a big movie come out on their platform, as well as in theaters that are open due to COVID. This was kind of like a lot of pressure already on this being like the first big DC movie, like birds of prey. Yes. It's all in the canon, but like a suicide squad, I don't really count it in terms of my, you know, man of steel, Batman versus Superman, Aquaman, Shazam. This was a continuation of those movies. So having said that high expectations, first time coming on a platform like this, we both, I mean, I watched it via my laptop um did you watch it via laptop or tv i watched it a combination like at okay. first i was a little, TV, little bit I of did, that little bit. I, I did have popcorn so and i had i got my new airpods so that was like what a new experience yeah so, i had to have a laptop on headphones in and that was also a thing to be uh watching this from the experience of like on my bed and not in a movie theater i was so i love going to see comic book movies in a movie theater just something they're they're so they're big popcorn flicks, so you want to see them on the biggest screen. Well, can't right now. So I will say this movie left me wanting so much more. Yes. It's a long movie, first off. It's two and a half hours long. And usually when a comic book movie is two and a half hours long, there's going to be a lot of content in there. I mean, for example, Endgame is three hours long. So that's a half hour longer accumulation of, you know, 10 years of movies. This is only really going off of one movie. You know, this is set before Justice League, before she would have met Superman or Batman, any of those guys. So this is just a sequel to her own movie. And it's two and a half hours long. It's a lot to fill. And it didn't really fill it with enough to like really want me like automatically watch it again. I was just left a little disappointed because I wanted so much more from this film. I, I can understand that. I mean, there's when you have a great, film with a lot of action a lot of great content that you know glues you to the screen it doesn't matter what how long the, sh- the movie is you're going to be in it for the ride um i will say you're right there is a lot of moments that um they could have taken out or they could have made better um what i will say as far as you know casting i was super pumped uh, about a lot of the casting choices i was very excited um with uh, pedro pascal's uh, portrayal of the villain max lord um, great yeah, a little, really of, uh, well, a little bit of well, a little bit of the plot uh, again uh, going into this. Yes, yes. The plot here really is it's yeah we're in the '80s, and Wonder Woman has continued her her lifestyle of being this kind of uh, vigilante, you know, not really known in the news sources. She's kind of keeping it her identity secret as per usual, and there's a a mall bust of these guys who are trying to rob this store. It ends up actually being a front for this kind of secret uh, back room that's all these antiques around the world well one of the antiques is this interesting looking gem stone and it actually is from this ancient source of ancient gods and max lord ends up using it and it's like this device that can grant you wishes and he ends up wishing to become the source itself kind of that old aladdin story when jafar you know he goes um i wish to become the genie so that you could have infinite wishes right yeah. So he he wants to become this because he's kind of a failing businessman. He knows that if he has a bit of extra help, a little bit of magic power, he can actually 
kind of con his way into becoming this ultimate tycoon that he wants to be. Well, everything comes with a price. And so he's allowed to grant people wishes, but the people that want to wish, they get one wish and it's going to cost them something. And that's where he's going to benefit. Start getting power, money, land, oil, you name it. Mm -hmm. So we have our two main female characters that really do uh, each make a wish. We have our Barbara, Kristen Wiig, who will eventually become Cheetah. She wants to be like Diana. She's this meek little nerdy character, not really liked, not really noticed. So she wants to be more like this strong female presence that she's kind of befriended at work. And Diana wants her one love back, Steve, Trevor, which happens. And that's how we kind of get Chris Pine back in this movie, but in a little weird way, right, Taylor? Yeah, I was, I was, I knew that we knew that Chris Pine was going to be back once we saw like hints of him in the picture. We didn't know if it was going to be, you know, through memory, but like, okay, he's wearing the eighties vibe. He's going to be in it. Um, I expected maybe, okay, he's going to come back some way. Fortunately, he's not really back. What happens is his soul comes back in the body of some random guy, which mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very weird because she's at this a party and after she's made this wish and this guy comes up to her, starts talking to her, um, saying stuff that Steve would have said. And she, you know, she's reading into what he's saying and then all she realizes, oh, it's him. But of course... From the outside, it's a completely different guy, but then all of a sudden, in a classic movie fashion, you do that little, you know, camera trick. Oh my gosh, I can, I can see you. Yeah, the big, the big uh, Michael Bay circle around the head to come back, and it's, it's Chris Pine. She only sees Chris Pine, even though it's definitely a different guy's body. So <laughs> there's all these moments of them kissing, and you know, there's a, a obviously a romance is rekindled, and the whole time you're thinking. Yeah, but she's kissing some other guy, but she's in trance to think it's Steve. Yeah, imagine I was like, that guy, oh, you're going to be cast of Wonder Woman. You're going to be uh, the romantic lead, uh, but we're not going <laughs> to see your real face. You're Chris Pine's going to be placing you. All right, fine. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was a weird kind of, you know, way of doing it because the only kind of real payoff with that is they're making fun of his fashion sense. So there's a lot of that kind of, oh, the 80s, the fanny packs and stuff. Yeah, the, but... the jokes that he's not, you know, accustomed to the 80s. And so he's... He's uh, the the fashion. He's fascinated by the art of the day. At one point, he was scared by the escalator, you know. (laughs) Which is a great reversal from the first film because the first film, you know, Diana is new to the world of man and he's introducing her. And now she's kind of introduced him. Okay, this is the future and what it's like. So it was a kind of cool reversal where she he's depending on her. Where, of course, in the first one and the second one, she's a strong female presence, but he is not intimidated by her. There's such great chemistry. And again, they brought that back to this one. I love their chemistry, which fun yes. fact, they never had a screen test. Patty Jenkins was mm. like, nope, he's the one I want. And that's how it went. So um, well, he was cast well in that. Again, that I love when the trope is uh, reversed and that he's like the damsel in distress. Chris Pine being an actor, you you know, after seeing him in Star Trek, another thing is you think, oh, he'd be great to be cast as a superhero, but he fits so well in this. I mean, fun fact, he did voice Spider-Man. <laughs> One of the Spider-Man in uh, men in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, so he has a little bit to the hero side, but yeah. um, definitely yeah, their chemistry works well, um, and that's one of the few things that does work in this film. Uh, we do get uh, for the super fans, the super nerds out there, we finally get our first take on you know live action in terms of this series with an invisible object. Um, there's a point where they're they're kind of kidnapping, taking this uh this jet, this pilot jet to 
go out to um, Egypt and they have to kind of, you know, escape from all the uh, there's, you know, helicopters and there's, you know, the radar. And Diana is like, well, my father once told me about this trick. I only used it on a mug once, but then I lost the mug. Okay, (laughs) thanks for that joke. And then she somehow transforms the entire jet into invisible. So we get our first invisible, you know, which is a huge thing from her comic book and her series. Yes, I will say it was kind of a bummer because they didn't really play it up. I thought, especially with Patty Jenkins um, and her background and her, you know, her family history of uh, pilots and and, uh, aircraft. I would have loved a really good dogfight scene, especially, you know, the fact that Steve uh, Steve Trevor is a pilot and... It was oh, just. Can you imagine just a bunch of uh, planes and pilot, you know, jets getting taken by by something in the air they can't see? Yeah, that would have been a really cool action sequence, and that kind of leads me to my next big section here: is just action overall. I was really expecting a lot more action in this movie. This is Wonder Woman two now. We, you know, we had some really great moments in the first film, especially something that they've done really well with with Gal's version of Wonder Woman is she's so fast. I love how fast she is, and especially like when graceful this, as she's doing yeah. it. It's very balletic in a way, yeah. especially even when she's, you know, doing her lasso of truth, when she's zipping around, she just looks so graceful. And she's flying, but I love when she would run really fast and do like that long knee slide on the ground and like take out a guy or trip them. And there's some of that in this film for sure, but I was expecting like a good, like twice as much. And there's really only about, three or four key action scenes that are memorable. And I was expecting more like six to eight of them. And there wasn't really much of a matchup, of course, with Cheetah, which for those diehard fans out there who love Wonder Woman, they know Cheetah is Wonder Woman's like nemesis, like the Joker to Batman, I guess would you maybe Lex Mm -hmm. Luthor, Superman, all these characters. But Cheetah didn't Cheetah until, you know, the last... The very end. Very late. Until the last last paw. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Kristen Wiig was great in this character. She was that meek, nerdy girl that eventually starts to get more power. And because she's shown herself to be, um, you know, she is lovely in her own way. She's she's tall looking and she's gorgeous. And when she starts to transform into this more confident, sexy person, it really works with the character. But eventually that power wants more and the whole thing of these wishes, they cost you something. Well, it costs her her kind of sensitivity and cost her her like her goodness. She was hungry for more power and wanted to be that. I want to be the the prime predator. You know, I want to be the yep. ace predator. Well, when she finally becomes like full on cat cheetah, it's the very last big fight scene, which you see in the trailers. And it was all dark. And it's scary. dark. <laughs> It's super dark. They're totally trying to hide the CGI. And I just, I wanted her to be Cheetah like midway through the movie. Once again, two and a half hours long. If she had become Cheetah at one point in the movie and taken down Wonder Woman in a cool fight, which I mean, that kind of happens, but she's not cat like it. Then this would have been a key scene to be like, now I'm at my weakest point. I need to go back to my own people to find this armor that will help me take down these bad guys. That would have been a great plot point. We never go back to the the island that she's from. No, we never go back to Themyscira. Yeah. This whole opening scene of the movie is little Diana doing this like triathlon on her like island. And it's so cinematic and little very Diana. big and bold. Yeah. Little Diana. I know. Yeah. So we're all excited because in the scenes we're like, oh, she's going to go back to Themyscira. She's going to see her mm-hmm. mom. But none yeah. of that. And I'm like, well, this has been the perfect opportunity, especially the fact is 
they didn't play up the 80s element where, you know, every great 80s movie has got a montage where the yeah. hero gets back in shape. They also, I would have liked more 80s music. Besides the fashion, there is not really a lot of push in the Cold War backdrop. There's not a lot of push that it's 80s. I would have liked a little bit more psychedelic and... Um, yeah. That and more... the whole... the whole uh, the whole All these posters are like very Ragnarok, super colorful. It's like rainbows. It's like spikes. It's like all these colors. And I was expecting more from the vibe for that. There is a cartoony element to this film. Like the whole opening scene when she's in the mall taking down these four guys. It was very Shazam style. It was very comical. It made me feel like you're watching kind of like a sitcom watching this action scene. So some of that worked, but I wanted more. And then we have the, you know, the overall plot with Max being this kind of like evil genie in a way, who's like on a mad rampage. He's, he's granting people's wishes and taking more power and the world's literally turning into chaos. It's just like people are dying. There's like a war going on. There's nuclear weapons firing off. So there's all this like extremism in terms of what this, what's at stake but it just seems so easy. And then how it's like, you know, being this whole kind of um, idea that a lot about one woman is truth. You know, she she has to kind of accept her own truth. For example, that you know, Steve is gone. That's not really Steve. So she has to give up Steve again to save the world. And it's like, well, that always would have been your job because that's what Steve would have wanted. You know, you're not going to let the world burn because you can be with your 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 so-called one love. You know, it's yeah. just, for her to be a hero, it's like, you got to make the tough choices. And I did like that because she was getting Steve back and meant that she was vulnerable. Kind of a hint out of Lucifer's book, if you ask me. Yeah. And also, and she does, she does lose a lot of her because she, again, with the wishes thing is she gets Steve back, but then she starts to lose her power and she starts to become physically vulnerable. So it's like, okay, well, you know, so there's that more of a challenge because she is this pretty much ultimate fighter that mm -hmm. nothing can beat her. But then it's like, okay, some moments where, okay, well, she's not as uh, strong as she was once. Um, yeah. And also the, we have this, you know, they have this great image in the trailer that she's going to have this gold suit of armor with these wings. And they make such a big deal about it on the trailer. And there's even moments where they, the whole opening uh, scenes talking about this, this famous warrior who used that. Asteria. To, yep. Asteria to kind of fight off the, the men so that all the women could get to, the famous island and she was the overall protector of, of, of her people well then she just like has those wings in her apartment and i was like that could have been a whole quest scene her having to go fight some would have been cool to see her have to go fight like some demon or something to get these wings back or something and i wanted a little more mysticism from that and then she just uses it in the end and they they get destroyed by cheetah in like two minutes it was like what was the point and buildup then of those wings? I would have liked to see maybe she's fighting off everything and then Steve Trevor once again maybe sacrifices himself or she knows he's like, you know, but you're right. It just left a lot of things. And there was a lot of like kind of plot holes at the end. It's like, well, this guy, they, they make, you know, Max Lord's character kind of sympathetic at the end. But it's like, okay, did everyone forget what he did? Did he just get away scot-free? Yeah, just it's one of those, you know, when, the, when like, you know, click and all, all life goes back to the way it was. But it's like, does that mean everyone's memories are erased? Because a lot of damage had been done, even if it was reversed. That like, and he's like, he's like out on the lawn, close to like the White House. I always love when there's White House shots and there's no one around. I'm like, that's not real. Yeah, we've been uh, there. Even in the it 80s, work like that. <laughs> like, there's a whole scene with Chris Pine and Gal Gadot. You know, they're walking down 
the reflection pool by Lincoln's Memorial and there's no one around. And I'm like, yeah, because they, they sanctioned it off so they could film there. But yeah. there's always people around. It's like, you know, but I'm like, does he not get arrested? Uh, Barbara does not stay cheetah. She loses. Yeah, her that was disappointing oh. where it's like, I want her to stay cheetah. We need, we need her fight. Her I want because I want, you know, with them doing Justice League and we're getting Zack Snyder's uh, cut here coming up on HBO Max in 2021. I'm like, there's a good chance that one day we could see a cool movie where there's also the supervillains group, you know, taking on the Justice League. So, like, you'd want Cheetah in that mix because she is very fast. She's very powerful, very strong. But then she loses her power. So it's a one off. And I'm like, well, what was the point of that? Like, I want to see Cheetah in multiple movies, even if it's only a short one time fight scene every now and then. And I'm just like, where was the, you know, where was the effort here to really heighten the stakes and heighten everything? Because by the end of the movie, truly for me, it's like she gives up Steve and she kind of learned how to fly. That was about it. Yeah. There's nothing really else that grew her to be like, now what's the next step that, you know, eventually she'll get to meet Superman, Batman and, and that whole plot line. So I just was, I wouldn't wanted the stakes to be raised and it was world chaos, but it wasn't like, yeah, I don't know. It just felt like it was too easy in the end, especially when they always take the route of this kind of wishful magic device. And then it's like, well, if you just uh, renounce your wish, it'll all go away. And then he does. And it's like, okay, that was easy. That's what it yeah. felt like to me. Yeah, but I will say a little fun little bonus is the mid-credits, yes. not post-credits. We've, we've been part of this generation now for the last 10 years marvel has trained us as pavlov's dog to wait till the end of the movie to see credits this came mid credits and mm -hmm. a little scene where you see dark haired woman walking and i'm thinking okay it's, uh she kind of saves someone from this uh stuff about to fall on someone and it's like oh we're gonna think this is uh you know one woman turns around he's like oh thank you for saving me who are you turn around and who is it Surprise, Linda Carter, the OG Wonder Woman, OG Wonder Woman, which is cool. And she's Asteria. She's, you know, someone, what's your name? Thank you for saving my daughter. It's Asteria. Been doing it for a long time. So it's like, oh, she's still alive. One. And now this leads to potentially a third film where we would see both our renditions of Wonder Woman on the screen together, which I'm sure would be a lot of fun. Um, so I don't know what they're going to go, how, what's going to be next for this you know, there's still a lot of good stuff in this film and there's some exciting moments. I just wanted, I wanted a lot more. So, um, and I'm sure Patty Jenkins will return to direct uh, a third one. They're already, you know, linked up to do a new take on Cleopatra as well. That'll, that'll be great. But uh, yeah, like you're absolutely right. I think I, I enjoyed the moment, but there was a little bit of wanting. There's a bit of a hole in this film where I wanted more. I still think... The highlights were, again, three casting choices, bringing back Chris Pine and Gal Gadot, and Pedro Pascal is the kind of megalomaniac 80s stereotypical. Yeah, he was really Especially, you know, we're just so used to watching him in The Mandalorian, where he's just a voice actor, really, except for a few moments. So to see him ham it up on screen as this, like, over-the-top villain was a lot of fun. And he's not dead, so you never know. It could bring him back, so I think that's kind I mean, of you a... imagine if uh, he renounced his wish, I would imagine the gem would have come back together which we never saw that so again we've not don't been know. destroyed so who knows um but anyway uh yeah very excited to see what they're gonna go with this but uh just you know it was one of those 2020 moments where i was like it just missed the mark for me so um by all means check out 
Wonder Woman 1984. I mean, if you've listened to this, you probably already have. Um, now streaming on HBO Max and in theaters. This is our last potential pick of 2020. Thanks for listening to this year, guys. It's been a blast. And we can't wait to bring you more content in 2021. And hopefully, eventually, we'll all get to go back to the movies and see them on the big screen. Absolutely. As they're meant to be. Looking forward to that with that big box of popcorn and enjoying those theater seats. So, But please, everyone, stay safe. Please have a happy new year. And thank you again for continuing to listen in on us, your favorite nerds, here on the Potential Podcast. We'll see you next year. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.